Hey, so I know that I basically did not record for months, and now instead of a few months, I'm giving you a few days between episodes, so let's hop into it. On today's episode, we're looking at who killed the beautiful cigar girl. So just some overhead background information that's probably going to help you out a little bit is that the person we're referring to is Mary Rogers, and the press called her the beautiful cigar girl, hence where she got her name, and we'll get a little bit into why that's the case. Her corpse was found in the Hudson River in the summer of 1841. Now something interesting about this case is that even Edgar Allan Poe tried to solve it, But unfortunately, to this day, it still remains unsolved. By the end of the episode, we're going to talk about the likely scenarios that happened. But overall, it's an unsolved case. Mary Rogers was born in around 1820 in Lyme, Connecticut. The exact date is not known because her birth records have not been saved. She was a beautiful young woman and she grew up as the only child. At the age of 17, her father died in a steamboat explosion. So she decided to help out her mom, and she took a job as a clerk in a tobacco shop. This shop was owned by John Anderson in New York City. Anderson paid her a generous wage because she was so beautiful that she brought in a lot of customers. She had a lot of admirers. One wrote that he spent an entire afternoon at the store just to look at her. And another admirer even published a poem in the New York Herald referring to her heaven-like smile and her star-like eyes. So if someone could please write a poem about me and put that in the newspaper, I'd appreciate it. So this tobacco shop was apparently the tobacco shop. It was very popular and it had clientele like Washington Irving and Edgar Allan Poe, which again is kind of why he got involved in this case. Oddly enough, in October of 1938, the same year that he hired her, Mary went missing, only to reappear two weeks later. The public thought that maybe this was staged, and to be honest, I have no idea if it was or wasn't, but if it was, the publicity worked because the shop was overwhelmed with customers following. Although a few years later, in July of 1841, she went missing again, and unfortunately, she didn't come back this time. On July 25th, Rogers told her fiancé, Daniel Payne, that she would be visiting her aunt and other family members and that she would be back the next day. The night that Mary ventured out, a severe storm hit New York, and when Mary failed to return the next morning, her mother assumed that she just got caught in bad weather and delayed her trip home. By Monday night, Mary still hadn't come back, so her mother grew more and more concerned. She posted an advertisement in the following day's Sun asking for anyone who might have seen Mary to please contact her. Foul play was not suspected, until three days later on July 28th when two men found her lifeless body floating in the Hudson River in Hoboken, New Jersey. The bruises on her body and ligature marks on her throat suggested a violent death, possibly a vengeful lover because she had many suitors. From where her swollen remains were pulled from the water, every new clue or suspect was reported nonstop. The public loved it. It was being reported in the tabloids and it, people were just buying the papers in a frenzy. Suspicion immediate fell on her fiancé, Daniel Payne, and perhaps people thought maybe he threatened to leave her, so Payne killed her to get rid of her to prevent her from breaking off their engagement. 
although he produced an airtight alibi for his whereabouts, although it didn't stop the New Yorker from suggesting in August of 1841 that he played a role in Mary's death. There is a point in Mr. Payne's testimony worthy of remark. It seemed that he was searching for Mary for two or three days, but when he got news that her body was found, he didn't go to see it or even inquire about the matter. In October, Payne went on a drinking binge that carried him from tavern to tavern in Hoboken. On October 7th, he entered a pharmacy and bought a vial of laudanum, which is 10% powdered opium, basically. So it's just crazy that he could go in and get that. He stumbled down to where Mary's body had been brought to shore, collapsed onto a bench, and died. He left behind a note saying, To the world, here I am on the very spot. May God forgive me for my misspent life. So some people question what did this note mean? Was this an admission of guilt? Another suspect was Anderson himself, although there wasn't really much reasoning to back this claim. Another theory was that she was a victim of gang violence. This idea was given when two Hoboken boys were out in the woods collecting sassafras for their mother. I'm sorry, but that just sounds hilarious to me. They found several items of women's clothing that they assumed had been there for about three or four weeks. They were mildewed down hard and the grass had grown around them. The scarf and petticoat were crumpled up as if in a struggle, and the most suggestive item was a handkerchief embroidered with the initials M.R. The boys that found these items were the sons to a mother named Frederica Loss, who owned a tavern, and the discovery of clothes kind of catapulted her into a minor celebrity. She actually spoke with reporters and claimed to have seen Mary in the company of a tall, dark stranger on the evening of July 25th, the day that she left. It says the two had ordered lemonade and then taken their leave from the tavern. Fancy. Later that night, she said she heard a scream coming from the woods. At the time, she thought that it was one of her sons, but after going out to investigate and finding her boy safely inside, she decided it must have been an animal. I don't know if this is normal 1800 stuff, but that's just weird. In light of the clothing discovery so close to her tavern, though, she now thinks that it was Mary. Cue in Mr. Poe, who was inspired by the story and had his own theories. He even wrote a story called The Mystery of Mary Roger. Not a very subtle name change. He changed the details to Paris, and while his detectives speculated on many suspects, they never settled on one. It's considered to be the first work of fiction that used a real murder as its source material, and this was supposed to be a sequel to Murders of the Rue Morgue. He gave her more French name and a job in the perfume shop, but the details otherwise matched up perfectly. The opening of Poe's story makes his intent clear, quote, The extraordinary details which I am now called upon to make public will be found to form, as regards sequence of time, the primary branch of a series of scarcely intelligible coincidences, whose secondary or concluding branch will be recognized by all readers in the late murder of Mary Cecilia Rogers at New York, end quote. Interest in the story waned down nine weeks later, and unrelated murder case happened. But a later theory came from the deathbed of Mrs. Loss, who, after accidentally being shot by her son, so that's great, gasped out that Rogers had actually died from a botched abortion. Some have theorized that this was done by the infamous Madame Restel, an early abortionist who practiced while it was still a felony. Rostel would cut her own throat in her bathtub in 1878. So I don't know if all these things relate. 
I also don't know if Mrs. Lost just really liked being in the press. But, but I mean, we don't know because this was a deathbed confession, supposedly. The procedure had gone wrong and Mary had died. And so after disposing of her body in the river, one of Lost's sons had thrown her clothes in a neighbor's pond. And then after having second thoughts, scattered them into the woods. So if this is true, this is very interesting, especially considering the circumstances of how those clothes were found. So clearly that doesn't make it a random discovery. While Loss's confession did not entirely match the evidence, they seemed kind of satisfied with this. Following, there wasn't really any more to the story. I'm curious, what do you think happened to the beautiful cigar girl who killed her and why? Thank you so much for listening. And again, hopefully it's not going to take as long for me to get the next episode out as it did the past couple of times. Thank you and goodbye.